Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's Practice Plan podcast. My name is Sufi Singh, Area Manager at Practice Plan. Um, I'm joined today by Hussein Hassan Ali. Uh, an associate dentist. Um, so just before we, we get into uh, the crux of things, um, would you mind just telling me a little bit about your background, Hussein, when you first started practicing in dentistry in the NHS? What was your makeup of work there? So I graduated back in 2009, which feels like quite a while ago now, probably because it is. So it shows my age a little bit. Um, and then did all the usual things. So did um, vocational training um, or foundation training as it now is, um, did a max fax year after that, and then um, just moved into an associate role, um, which was kind of different to um, what I expected. And I mean, even during vocational training, you know, just working in the NHS and moving into a practice was very different compared to what you did at uni. Um, and then sort of, you know, worked in various associate roles or long-term locum roles for a while, um, and then sort of managed to find a sort of, you know, associate job fairly close to um, where I lived, which was really convenient. So it was nice and, you know, had a long-term, um, had a long-term position there. So I spent, what, eight years in that one practice. And for me, I think um, I'd always wanted to upskill. I'd always wanted to challenge myself. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd spent the time doing some courses and, uh, trying to kind of improve the work that I did and then eventually I sort of reached the decision that I couldn't achieve what I wanted to and um, give people the time or the care that um, I really felt was possible and kind of the way that dentistry could be within um, unfortunately just within um, a fully NHS practice so it was at that point that I decided um, that you know, I just wanted to kick on a bit more and um, look for something that was a bit more mixed or um, work even towards a fully private. That must have been quite a difficult sort of um, experience for you to to realise that, I guess, given that you'd been working within the NHS for a number of years. It was, yeah. Um, and I think there were different things that made me realise that, um, you know, I'd, I'd built up, you know, a fairly decent network um, of people outside of my own practice. Um, you know, I'd spent time kind of, you know, with some of the, the um, you know, the specialists or the dentists with special interests that I referred to, um, for some of the more advanced work that I couldn't, you know, really do myself. Um, and I think, you know, seeing the careers that they had and sort of how fulfilling it was and the way that they really challenged themselves and they pushed their own boundaries and their comfort zones to really kind of make their day to day work interesting. I think that was you know, the decision that made me feel like I wanted to and be able to do, you know, or try and do what they did. Um, I'm still a long way off from it. Um, and I'm not saying that the NHS is bad at all. And there are some people that do produce some fantastic work in the NHS. I think for me, what makes it really difficult is just the way that the NHS is set up to deliver that work. Okay. Thank you. Um, can can you tell us about some of your experiences and difficulties over the last two years with the with the pandemic? Um, I'm sure, like everybody else, you've um, it's been it's been a challenging and difficult time. Um, it's a bit it's a bit of um, hit and miss time for me. Um, 
for me, sort of that first lockdown was great because that was the first time that I really had to sit down, write my portfolio. Um, and that's actually what afforded me that time to actually get my restorative diploma. Um, and that's something that I wanted for a while. It was just the time that it took to sit down and put that portfolio together. Um, and that was a really fortunate period for me. I enjoyed the time off. Um, and I think it was a nice break because I worked myself so hard um, over several years trying to keep doing more and more within the NHS. Um, and at the same point, I was getting less and less for it. Um, but I was sort of reaching a sort of a period in my life where I thought, do I, did I even fancy just taking a career break? Because I never had the opportunity to go travelling. Um, I never really used to go on holiday much. So I thought, you know, could a career break have even been an option? And I think that sort of first lockdown in COVID actually was like my career break for me, it almost reset me um, to, what I wanted, to what I wanted to do. And when I came back, I kind of had a bit of a mindset of, you know, the way that I wanted to achieve things. I focused a lot of my time um, during that period as well, kind of building on um, some non-clinical skills, I guess, um, things like communication skills and, you know, doing a lot of online CPD around those areas. And I feel like those sort of things didn't make a difference and has helped me to kind of almost achieve what I really wanted to do as part of my career. Um, so, yeah, it, that, that was a good time for me, I guess. Um, but I made it work for me. Um, and I think that's what was important was that I did kind of sit there and I, I wrote down my goals and I wrote down what I wanted to sort of achieve in that time. Um, what made it a difficult period is just the way that the NHS was, and I think just everything in general, you know, as everybody knows, practices had to close. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was very slow to kind of set up and open up, and there was a lot of emergency care, and nobody really knew what was going on. And I've said these words before. Um, to me, I feel like dentistry is almost mentioned as um, medicine's irrelevant sibling. Because you know, there was no mention of how dentists were going to get protected and what, you know, what dental care patients needed and how it was all going to go. Everything, you know, at that time was rightly devoted towards intensive care and, um, you know, towards the hospital system. But then when people, you know, when people realise that there is a lot more that's still needed outside of, um, outside of medicine, dentistry still felt to me quite ignored. Um, and that, you know, really felt very disappointing for patients. Yeah. And the amount of people that were coming in that were needing access to care and um, a lot of it sort of unregistered patients or, you know, patients that weren't part of an NHS practice and were being turned away because there just wasn't space for them. Um, it, it sort of felt like, I, you know, I wasn't ignoring people, but I just couldn't physically find the time or that capacity to actually help everybody that needed helping and that's what was difficult and then habits slipped sort of you know in terms of the way that people looked after their teeth sort of diet slipped um and things changed and then once you actually came back to I wouldn't say normality but that point of kind of trying to get more routine work back into your diary and trying to um you know look after those regular patients things are just deteriorated so much for some of them 
that you kind of looked and you sort of it was very much a question of well where do you start here yeah and that whole system and really let patients down yeah i mean it sounds like the first lockdown it was that you took it as an opportunity then to invest in yourself invest in your clinical skills a little bit more and really took advantage of that that time away from from practice and le leading on from that when did you decide to to move to private practice and what was your reason behind the decision I think it wasn't a conscious decision. It was, again, it was just being opportunistic. Um, I just got, you know, lucky in what, what I was offered. Um, it was a bit about being in the right place at the right time um, and knowing the right people. Um, so, yeah, it, it was an opportunity that I got and it's just something that was too good to turn down. So I couldn't really sort of say, you know, no, I'm okay where I am. Um, and having been somewhere for so long, I just got very comfortable. And in that respect, I think I'd almost got complacent in the way that I was doing my dentistry because my patients were very stable and they needed such little work. I knew it was a pretty easy day for me. And that's kind of when I knew that with what I was doing and the way that my day-to-day -day work and that it wasn't sort of changing um, that much for a few years, I think that's really the point where I did realise, yep, I need to, you know, I think I do need to be somewhere else so I can challenge myself and be able to do um, some, you know, some other things um, and some more interesting work. Um, and, you know, it was just about sort of trying to see if there were any sort of, you know, anywhere that... Um, that matched kind of what I was hoping to achieve in my in my long term career aims, and it was just you know, as I say, I was just very lucky that um, I got offered something through my network, um, the, the two matched up, um, and hopefully so far um, it's working out. Um, but that's just my side of it. So I hope that uh, my practice owner will say the same thing back. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he will. And uh, so, so how? Yeah, I mean, you've touched upon it there a little bit. How how are things going for you in private practice? And what is it about private practice you enjoy the most? So, I think a lot of people do seem to think that with private practice, there's this big kind of persona or image that you know, there's these guys out there that are posting social media work, and every day they're doing all these full mouth rehabs and all these really big fancy implant cases. And that's really not true because I wouldn't, you know, I, I certainly don't do any of that. Um, my everyday work is still mostly day-to-day -day general dentistry and keeping people fit and healthy. So I don't feel like the work is too different for me. Um, what I really feel is different is that my general day-to-day -day work is, you know, still a, a little bit more aesthetically driven in the way that I'm doing things and what patients are more interested in um, compared to what I was doing on the NHS. So hopefully I feel it's going well. Um, and I think it's important that, you know, when you are fortunate enough to be doing private dentistry, that you're not just going into a practice and trying to be a bit like a bull in a china shop or, um, you know, being, you know, really demanding and throwing your toys out the pram. Um, because the saying is there's more than one way to skin a cat. And, you know, there's people that have been in these practices for a number of years. Um, you know, these practice owners have developed successful practices and there's a reason why they're successful. So, you know, especially as private practices, um, because they're not 
really reliant on that um, NHS sign hanging above their door to be drawing patients in. So you yeah. do have to, you know, take take your time and um, you know learn from them and see how they do things. So I'm hoping that that's what's helped me sort of um, settle into the practice, just not trying to actually just force my way into things and just try and keep doing things exactly the way that I wanted to. It's just trying to actually be a bit more adaptable to the way that the practice is um, and work with their methods and then slowly kind of build things in. And yeah, there might be minor little things that I, you know, that I sort of um, prefer to do certain things some ways. Um, but you know, there's there's no reason for me to go into somewhere like um, you know somewhere like a successful private practice and really make any sweeping changes. So I think that's um, I think that's the way to do it, and that's the advice that I'd be giving anybody who's looking to um, try and make that move. Great, thank you. One one final one final question for you, Hussein. Do you do you think you will ever go back to working in the NHS? It's a really tough one to say. Um, who knows um, what could happen in the NHS? There's a lot of talk about what what sort of systems they're bringing in or how it's going to go. I mean, they spent the best part of 10 years, I think, you know, doing all these pilot trials and trying to work out um, what sort of contract they wanted to offer. Um, and that's part of the reason that I sort of, you know, tried, you know, did, um, did a diploma um, because that's when I sort of saw where they were thinking about sort of bringing in tier one and tier two sort of practitioners and the tier three was kind of your hospital care stuff. Um, so for me, I thought that could have been, you know, if I wasn't moving somewhere else, that could have possibly been my career progression um, within an NHS system as being a tier two practitioner. That's all sort of, you know, been buried almost and um, the pilots have just been, you know, kicked into the curb. So everything's now um, just, you know, going back to the UDA system from April. Um, and I think for a lot of practices, I don't actually know whether there's any going back at all. So I think interestingly, um, even if I wanted to go back into NHS practice, there might not be that many NHS practices around to actually do that. So that's just the way the market goes. And people talk about the benefits of being in NHS practices. So there are some financial benefits. Yes, you know, you might feel a bit more stable and a bit more secure. Yes, you always know that you're going to have a list of patients. Um, there's always going to be somebody else to fill that slot. People talk about the pension. Um, so, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say never, ever am I going to go back to an NHS practice. Um, but I think now that I'm doing dentistry enjoyably, in the way that I've sort of, you know, wanted to try and practice it, sort of trying to do, um, you know, that that little bit more interesting work and that sort of slightly more challenging work. And I'm not just sort of, you know, spending all my time either firefighting and just, you know, just trying to essentially try and keep patients sort of, you know, caries free and just filling whatever gaps with some amalgam. Um, I'd prefer to avoid it. But there's no way to predict the future. And that's a phrase I tell all my patients, because if I could predict the future, I'd uh, be in a nice Caribbean island and uh, not chatting to you, unfortunately. And I think that's a pretty good way to finish it. That is a great way to finish it, I guess. Yeah, and I'd, uh, I'd like to be doing the same. Um, it's It's been great chatting to you. It's been great listening to your journey from working within the NHS to, to private dentistry. Um, thank you to everybody that's um, taken the time to listen to this podcast. Thanks again, Hussein.
uh, three months, Suki. 